We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by University College at Washington University. With undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University, offering world-class education within reach. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Someone once wrote, where is the good in goodbye or the fair in farewell? Well, that's where we are as we end this week, the end of an era here at St. Louis Public Radio. We're saying goodbye to senior producer Mary Edwards. Now, even if you have never met Mary, if you are a regular listener, she has undoubtedly touched your life over the 44 years she's been with the station. She's been a producer, editor, and passionate champion of the arts. And now... The next chapter includes her latest passion, her grandchildren. Retirement will give her a lot more time with them. Mary, this is going to be a tough segment. Well, thanks for doing it, Don. Well, thank you for doing it. Thanks for 44 years. Uh, What are you thinking right now? I'm excited. It's sad, but uh, for those who haven't heard, I'm not totally severing my ties with the station. I'll still be doing the uh, St. Louis Symphony broadcasts on 23 Saturday nights at 8 o'clock, by the way, tune in, uh-huh. and also New Year's Eve and a couple other little projects. And um, I've already made arrangements to be back here next Thursday, so I'm not going to be far. Well, that's what everybody here who knows you thinks of you, is the fact that you, you won't leave if a job is unfinished and you work until the last nail has been hammered into the, into the <laughs> house. And your work ethic is something that so many people uh, point to. Where did that come from? My parents. Yeah. I, I, I was raised by people. They grew up during the Depression, and um, they always instilled in us that you did more than what was expected of you. You know, mm. if they ask you to do one thing, you do more. And mm. uh, they gave that example. My father worked his entire career at Southwestern Bell. My mother was a teacher, took some time off to, because back then you couldn't, uh, you couldn't have kids and be a teacher. They made you quit, and then she went back to, to teaching. And I remember I was in... Uh, junior high when she went back to teaching, and she was always the last to leave, would bring things home, and um, we saw how hard she worked. Well, work that you'll be doing still for us with the symphony is not really work at all for you, is it? The symphony is your your No, that's because I I got into this from the classical music end. When I was nine years old, the second week of my flute class in elementary school, I came home and said, when I grow up, I want to be a flute teacher or a, a music teacher like Mrs. Leak. And stuck with that and uh, was finishing my degree at, in music education at UMSL when this radio station appeared. Appeared? How did it appear? <laughs> well, they were building. When I first came to UMSL in January of 72, they were still building it at the other end of the hallway. It went on the air June 2nd. Yeah. And, uh, and, and ironically, my mother that I mentioned before, for some reason, she... Uh, thought that I should get involved with it. And um, I, I was a listener from day one because I was fascinated by a station that played mostly classical music, which is, was my music of choice. The, the staff here, and I mentioned this at a reception the other night, is, has always wanted you to come on the air and play your flute for us at some point as, as one of our segments, but you won't do it. Well, you know why? No. Playing in a studio that's made for broadcast is about the worst place that you can play a flute. And these days, I play my flute in my church, and it's, uh-huh. uh, it's a wonderful building that was designed by Theodore Link, who did Union Station. Uh-huh. The acoustics are great. So, so uh-huh. if folks want to hear me play my flute, they have to go to church. They have to go to church. All right. Well, that's not a bad idea. I played in, a commun- I c- played in the Kirkwood Symphony for many years after college and before things got complicated with kids and 
evening events, but uh, so. and, and working um, very long days at uh, St. Right, Louis and it didn't uh, the, the rehearsals, concerts, and fun drives didn't uh, always mesh. So. Yeah. Well, we have a number of uh, people who want to say goodbye to you, and we have recorded some things, and we're going to start with some uh, colleagues and uh, find out what they have to say about Mary Edwards departing. Let's listen to the colleagues. Hi, Mary. This is Robert. I cannot really sum up in 15 to 20 seconds what you have meant to me in this station. I have never met someone who is as dedicated and as passionate to excellence as you. This is Evie. One of the things that will always stand out to me about Mary is her commitment to both getting the job done and making sure everyone else on our team is able to be successful as well. I'll never forget how late she stayed with me one Friday night when I was struggling with an article on immigration policy and just really wanting to make sure I got it right. Hey Mary, Aaron here. You raised me in this audio radio production world and it is an exciting one. I'll never forget from my first days as an intern here watching the live show take off and I know you won't forget that feeling either. So send us your brownies if you and your grandson ever have any left over and here's to the next chapter. Hi Mary, this is Alex and uh, what can I say? It's been 44 years at St. Louis Public Radio. That's remarkable and uh, the impact that you've had on this organization will last forever. Thank you for everything. Our staffers, Alex Hoyer, Aaron Dorr, Evie Hemphill, and Robert Peterson. What do you think? That's a wonderful bunch to work with. Yeah. And of course, with you, that, that's just the icing on the cake. Well, too. I was hoping it would get to that sooner or later. <laughs> now, now let's leave it and move on. Talk about your grandkids, because that is your, your real passion these days. Uh, I can't number the a number of conversations we've had about your grandkids. You know, it's funny, my sister-in-law, when she had her first grandchild, she was trying to express to me how, how neat it is having grandchildren. And I just thought, well, of course it's neat. But um, I, I understood when um, Hudson was born, you know, put that little babe in the arms, and, and, and I didn't have to go through nine months of pregnancy or 31 hours of labor. <laughs> but it's just, it's just a great feeling. And then um, the, the second one was born 16 months ago. And the other thing is so grateful about, that, that I uh, have enjoyed is seeing what great parents my son and daughter-in-law are to these kids. That's got to be very gratifying to see. I've often, often said in this program, as the twig is bent, so grows the tree. Well, they're good parents because they had good parents, so that uh, makes a heck of a but difference. But I actually think they're doing a better job, so uh, <laughs> that's, I, I, I doubt that. <laughs> that's uh, you, gratifying. You know, you and I have talked about this, and we've talked about it on the air, this whole grandparenting thing. I'm not a grandparent, but I know people like you and many people who are, and there's just something happens to people when they become grandparents. Can you identify what it is? I don't really know. It's just a, a great feeling. I, I watched him the other night, and I put the baby to bed, and when he snuggled down in my arms, I thought, oh, it doesn't get any better than this. And then about 20 minutes later, put the older one to bed, and I, his little voice, Grandma, Daddy sometimes cuddles with me. And I said, would you like me to do that? And you know, then I go, well, this is just equally as great. And yeah. it's just, and, and when they, um, 
when I told Hudson I was retiring, he got all excited. He says, oh, boy, you can come every day. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course, I won't, but it made me feel just great that he thought that that was a swell idea if I did. You'll you'll probably be there a lot. You know, uh, you recall the interview we did with Leslie Stahl a year or two ago, I guess a couple of years now, and she wrote a book on grandparenting. And she approached that as uh, as she would a news story. She, of course, with CBS and 60 Minutes. She researched it very, very heavily and came to the conclusion that hormonally what is happening when you become a grandparent is exactly what happens when you fall in love. That's just exactly the same thing. Yeah, well, it's just a feeling you can't describe until you do it. Well, let's listen to more people who want to say goodbye to Mary Edwards. We have, uh, we've heard from uh, your colleagues of the day. How about former colleagues? Let's listen to what they had to say. This is Bill Rack. I've known Mary since 1995. Mary is truly the hardest working woman in show business, and I'm lucky to have worked with her and been her friend for more than 20 years. Good luck, Mary. I hope you enjoy a very stress-free retirement. You have most definitely earned it. Hi, Mary. This is Rod Milam. I just want to wish you the very best in your retirement. Thinking of KWMU without Mary Edwards at the helm is absolutely impossible. I started my entire professional career with you back when we were using reel-to-reel, when we switched to CDs, and when we moved on and actually started St. Louis on the Air as well as Cityscape. I wish you the best, and I'm sure I'll see you very soon in the future. Hi, Mary. It's Phil Donato. You remember me. I used to work here. Hey, I just wanted to say congratulations on your retirement. Uh, Your work ethic and your knowledge uh, and your dedication to the station is unmatched. Hi, Mary. It's Adam Crane. And some of the best times in my life occurred with you and with Robert Peterson during our eight and a half years together, which we spent in our lovely broadcast booth slash lunchroom at Powell Hall, where we created and worked on the live SLSO broadcasts. Congratulations on your retirement. Thank you for everything you've done for St. Louis Public Radio and for St. Louis as a whole. You've helped make St. Louis a better place, and for that, we are all grateful. This is David Robertson. Mary Edwards is one of the great gems of St. Louis, and her love of music, her devotion to the art, and to the beauty of sound, whether in live situations or on air, is something that makes her a jewel of St. Louis. Mary, you seemed a little stunned wow, when Maestro the, Robertson yeah, came into yeah, the picture. Yeah, Maestro Robertson, he's probably in Australia right now. And, uh, you know, he left St. Louis last May, so... Um, what, what, as producer of the St. Louis Symphony Broadcast, what exactly does that involve and has that involved? Well, uh, on the evening of the broadcast, um, I'm the one that... Uh, kind of in charge of, of what goes on, uh, Paul Hendrick and, and Lee Buckaloo and his crew, they're the ones that do the heavy lifting where they have, you know, 35 mics in, in Powell Hall. But uh, we set up in the seventh floor lunchroom, and I have, a, I have a broadcast board. We get a feed from them. And then there are three microphones, one occupied by Robert Peterson, the second by the co-host, which up until the end of last year was Adam Crane, and uh, now is Tim Munro. And then there's a third where we do interviews during intermission. So I, when we get there at 6 o'clock, and we, we have a rehearsal. I make sure people can pronounce things rightly. And then when it's time to go, they, they talk about this a lot. I stand there with my hand up in the air because I'm listening back to the station, and I point to Robert when it's time to, time to start. And then uh, turn the mics on and off. Uh, appropriately 
the other thing is is that uh, while we do some live interviews during intermission, uh, sometimes they have to be pre-recorded or we want them to be pre-recorded. So that, that that's where it used to be really labor-intensive because they would do like a 20-minute interview of which we could play four and a half minutes. So I would edit the whole thing and then take out the best four and a half minutes. If uh, there's anything we can say about you when it comes to audio, you can be fairly finicky. <laughs> you want to make sure that it's absolutely right. I'm a little <laughs> obsessive-compulsive. Well, how do you? It's something that I learned from <laughs> uh, from my mentor Barry Hufker. He's the one really? that taught me everything I know about production. Well, well, how do you deal with 35 microphones in a symphony hall? Well, no, I don't have to do that. Paul does that. But it better be right, or you're going to say something well, or do something. Well, right? no, he does a great job. But uh, we just get it. I, I just have one fader on the board, and I and my job is just to bring the music up and leave it at a set place and he does all the all the mixing so like I said that's the that, you know my part's the easy part so I just have to have gentle fades and uh, make sure that the right microphone on is at the right time for the folks in the studio as, as it as it always is let's come back to uh, to St. Louis on the air how, how many of these programs do you think you've produced do you have well, any you know, stretch I was trying to add that up last night but uh, it's been uh Let's see, since 1996, that's 22 years, and if we do five a week, then that adds up to 260 during a year, so multiply that by 22, and I did that, but I forgot it right now, yeah. but, uh, and then, and, and, it, and it used to just be one topic per show, but then along the way, especially with Cityscape, we started doing two and three per show, and then for the last at least five years, we've been doing at least two, so it's a lot of, a lot of segments. And your philosophy throughout has been? To try to bring uh, whatever it is, whether it's the most important topic or just something that it, uh, you know that people would would find interesting and enlightening. But uh, I've said this ad nauseum that the best days are are the days when we get some kind of feedback that we might have made a difference in somebody's life by something that we did. Uh, by the way, our crack production staff, from whom we've been hearing in these uh, in these clips that we've been playing, say that the number of programs adds up to five thousand seven hundred twenty five seven two zero. Okay. Well, I would ask you a question then that is probably unfair, given the fact you've got fifty seven hundred uh, programs. What about some uh, special moments? What comes to mind when you think back on some of those five thousand seven hundred programs? Well, as I said, the things that are most fulfilling are the ones where we might have made a difference in someone's life. There was one many years ago, uh, we were talking about suicide, and a caller called and said, uh, oh, I can't believe the timing of this program. My mother just called, and my brother's contemplating suicide in Denver. What can I do? And they were able to, to give him information of what he could do to help out you know, this situation in Denver. I never, of course, knew how that turned out. There's another time when we uh, were talking about uh, the workforce, and, and a caller called up and, and said, I've been uh, applying to jobs, and I don't think a live person ever reads these. And we happened to have the hiring manager from BJC there. She gave him her phone number, and then I don't even think it was a week later we got a, a, a really nice card from him saying, you have changed my life because I called her. She called back. I got the interview, and I'm starting work next week, and, you know, and my family's grateful. How about celebrities? Celebrities? Well, that all depends on on your interest. I mean, some of my fun ones are the, the classical music people. I got to meet, well, this is actually way before the talk show, but I got to meet Jean-Pierre Rampal, and since I'm a flutist, that was a big one. Mm -hmm. um, probably in the acting field, uh, Robert Duvall was probably one of the more, more famous ones. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but uh, 
back to the symphony, the very first broadcast that we did in 2010, the soloist was Joshua Bell, and I had met him because we recorded an interview, but the, the night when we got done with the concert, I came down in the elevator and literally bumped into him, and I said, how cool is this? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just bumping, because that's a regular occurrence now as I, I, I get to... to interact with all these famous people over there. We, we've had an, a, a lot of uh, arts programs and, and programming uh, during the time that I've been here. And I've learned so much from you about that because that's, in my resume, that would be the weakest uh, slot. And uh, I've just learned so much. I'm grateful to you for in, uh, exposing me to things that I probably otherwise not would not have considered. That's why we make such a great team. Because, that's right. Uh, you know, you well, have strength in so many things, and that's one area that I could that I could help him. But if I could come back to one other thing that I wanted to say about yeah. uh, this, may be the most memorable, and uh, it it was on the 28th of August in 2014. We did a live town hall meeting in downtown Ferguson, brought in Michelle Martin from NPR to moderate it. And uh, it was the first time that the people of Ferguson and involved in that sad situation had been able to confront the mayor. And um, the stories that I heard from you know, people coming to the microphone, I, I, just, I, I thought I had a pretty good handle on uh, what it's like being a black person in this this town and how racially divided we we are, but um, it was just the tip of the iceberg, and and uh, I mean we did that live and recorded it and then that, that turned into a two-hour special on on St. Louis on the air. But um, well, but, we all learned a lot. We all learned a lot through uh, through Ferguson, and we devoted a lot of time on this program we to did. Uh, to that story and and the fallout from it. But if I could point out, long before Ferguson, you had put together this series, St. Louis History in Black and White, calling on uh, when you realized that uh, we, we had interviews with so many of the civil rights luminaries in St. Louis, some of which had passed on by that time. And that was, you know, that was long before Ferguson. So I'd like to think that we were a little bit yeah. on top of the race issue even before all, all that came to light. Well, there was a race, race issue in uh, St. Louis long before Ferguson, and Absolutely. unfortunately it still remains to a very, very, very large degree. Well, before we play our last clip, I just want to ask you about the changes in technology that you've seen over these years. It's oh, been dramatic, my gosh. hasn't it? Well, Rod, Rod alluded to that. When I first came here, we had reel-to-reel tape machines, and we did and and. We had to have three of them. They were very expensive. Uh, when we edited, we literally would uh, take a grease pencil, make a mark, cut it with a razor blade, and splice it back together. And uh, and that's how we operated for for many years. We uh, the the small announcements that you hear, like promos, were on things that looked like it was the same kind of cartridge that an eight track was, although it was only you know a, a single tape and. And those things were just rife for difficulties. We recorded in the field using cassettes. So I'm just thrilled that we finally got to the to the digital age where, you know, right now, it's, you know, if you have a, a good computer and some software, you can create a much better audio than we did with all that expensive equipment back we're, then. We're going to say goodbye now, but we're going to have your family participate in this. So let's listen to what they have to say about Mary Edwards' retirement. Hey, Mom, it's David. My earliest memories are running around the station, hiding in different studios, sneaking into the sound booths while Bob McCabe and Jerry Rohde were on air, holding my breath so I didn't make a peep. I remember sleeping on your office floor in a sleeping bag while you edited reel-to-reel tapes. 
I could go on and on with childhood memories of that station, but the big takeaway is I'm so proud of you. For everyone else, if my mom actually goes through with retirement, which she says she's fully committed to, she is doing so because she trusts that her legacy will be continued through St. Louis on the air. Hi Mary, this is Emily. Happy retirement. We are all so excited to be here and celebrate you and your incredible career and the wonderful difference that you have made in St. Louis through your time at the radio station and your time at Webster. And here is to the next chapter. We're so proud of you and so excited for you. Hi Grandma, this is Seth Hudson. Me and Fulton love you so much. And I love you so much too. And I have lots of toys. And the letter on that new fire truck works. So really works. Happy retirement day. Well, we can't say it any better than that. Oh, my gosh. I'm speechless. <laughs> yeah. They're such adorable kids, and they're watching you now from uh, from behind a big plane of glass and waving. <laughs> Do you have a final thought? We've got 30, 40 seconds left. Final thought you'd like to leave your longtime audience with? Well, it's been a wonderful 44 years, and I, say I, I really think I'm one of the luckiest people on the planet to have had a job that I look forward every morning when I woke up look forward to getting to the station and seeing what we could create and not too many people can say that uh, I, it never seemed like work just because I was having so much fun along the way and uh, and I especially want to thank all you and uh, the rest of the awesome Slota team and the rest of the people here at St. Louis Public Radio because I've worked with some wonderful people over the years and these people have worked with you and that's been a wonderful experience Mary Edwards Godspeed in the next chapter. Thank you. Mary Edwards, retiring after 44 years of St. Louis Public Radio. That does it for today. Monday on St. Louis on the Air, we'll have a holiday rebroadcast of my conversation with Daniel Estrin, NPR's international correspondent in Jerusalem. Archive versions of past St. Louis on the Air programs available for download or podcast at stlpublicradio.org slash stlonair. St. Louis on the Air is produced by Alex Hoyer and Evie Hemphill with production assistance from Aaron Dorr, Caitlin Lally, and Charlie McDonald. Executive producer, Mary Edwards. St. Louis on the Air, a production of St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Don Marsh. <laughs>